As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing today, man? Doing well. I'm back at school after Thanksgiving break. I'm back with the microphone. So to all the haters that were not a fan of the AirPods audio quality, which I don't blame you, um, you don't have to worry about anything moving forward. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. We should be good, man. It's, uh, <laughs> pay us more and, and we'll, we'll make it happen. Um We've got a lot to cover today. A lot of basketball has happened just in the four days since we recorded. Um, a lot is going on tonight, too. Um, 
Jake, I guess the first place we can start, I know we want to spend a lot of time talking about Memphis because there's a lot to talk about with the guys there and how some of the games have unfolded recently and how how they've looked. Um, I guess I'll turn it over to you. Where do you want to start with this? Um, You want to just start with the overall context and like the offense and kind of how the team is built because I think that's where a lot of, I don't want to say problems, but like obstacles stem from. Um, there's a lot of guys, they're very deep. And a lot of the guys are draftable. A lot of the guys are going to want touches. Um, and they have elected early in the year to run their offense through Money Bates, which, hey, if you're a long-term development, I don't know if that's how I would do it, but maybe there are some perks to that. But if you're a college basketball team trying to win games at a high level, um, I think this week, uh, they I know they got out against Virginia Tech, but the Iowa State game was a miserable watch on their end um, offensively. So I'm very curious to see if they adjust and if they do adjust, who do they turn to? I, I'm assuming they would go towards Earl Timberlake, who I think has been their best ball handler and creator so far in terms of like an initiator to run the offense. But yeah, um, this weekend in New York, I think I keep saying weekend, um, their past two games in New York, I don't recall where they, when they were, if, um, officially, I think they definitely showed both some warts for uh, Bates, Duran, um, and just the team as a whole. So I'm I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. See, what's tough too, like I don't want to be incredibly unfair, but like uh, even looking at at Earl Timberlake, like I I don't think that he's capable of running the offense. We're being completely honest. Like there were multiple moments in that game against Iowa State. And just throughout the season so far, where he's really struggled to create from his standstill, even if there is a pick, um, his handle's been all over the place. He's making a lot of premeditated reads. Um, I agree to an extent, like that he's made, he's probably the best option in terms of anybody who has any kind of burst and handle. Like I think it's got to be some kind of uh, amalgamation. Like they've already moved Landers now to the second in the starting lineup. I think he's probably the best passer, definitely not their best creator. But like, I mean, he's the only guy who is consistently able to hit uh, Duran on the roll. Uh, making anything happen if he's not double teamed is a tough ask, but like exactly like we're looking at just a team that has very little ball handling, um, mm -hmm. which is not something that you, you were you were hoping coming in. Um, what has been really good, though, is that the defense is amazing. Like they're I think they're 20th in defense right now. Like they have a sub 90 defensive rating and that hasn't been a joke. Like they have been absolutely fantastic. Um and a lot of that goes to Jalen. I mean, his defense, as, as rough as the offense was, and we'll talk about it, his defense against Iowa State was fantastic. We were texting earlier this week, like, I think you and I are both at the point where we just don't even need to watch his defensive possessions. Like, not to say that we're not going to watch them and, and evaluate him still, but, um, I mean, he's clearly a, a fantastic defensive prospect, his coverage versatile, and just has incredible instincts on that end. And you saw that multiple times throughout every game we've seen. Um but the passing and decision-making is becoming kind of an issue on offense. Uh, like there was a multiple times he started, he, he would, he plays out of the dunker spot a lot. So anytime when he's not coming up and screening um, and we'll talk about the screening in a second, because it's that's something we have to talk about. Um, but if he's getting doubled on, on the block at all, it's, it's a rough pass. Like he had a cross court throw, uh, I think it was early in the second half that it, it made it there, but it was a very erratic pass. He was looking at the ball the entire time. Um, and that's something that gets picked off in the NBA. And then they doubled him again, like two or three possessions later. And it was a turnover. And I, end, I think he ended with five turnovers in that game against Iowa state. Um, it's not everything, but it is definitely enough to be like, Hey, you know, this is, this is a little concerning. 
Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I did a little thread because um, his processing, and I, this is someone, I had been impressed with his passing at Montvert, and I think you had yep. as well. Um, mm-hmm. He was throwing some really good passes out of the post. Um, in hindsight, maybe it was just getting a little bit carried away and having low expectations um, because he's clearly not, and I'm going to need a, a bunch of games to overturn this sample that I have in my head right now, which is that Iowa State game. Um, I did a thread which included one rushed air ball um, jumper slash floater and three of those five turnovers in which it was very clear he was doing things premeditated and was seeing things a second, if not two seconds late, and then not understanding that the window had closed and just avoiding the mission altogether and still trying to force it into that window. Um, you want to, we can talk. So when I, when we first talked during, I asked you how concerned you were of the size. And initially I was concerned from a defensive standpoint because I, you want him to be your rim protector. And boy, does that look wrong right now because he is one of the best shot blockers in the class. However, I do feel a little bit vindicated with the offensive stuff because I do think the lack of height um, is starting to rear its head on in his post touches um, when he can't fully overwhelm with strength, he's all he's getting forced into these like post turnarounds. And even the jump hooks are more contested than you'd like them to be. I mean, just not getting a ton of easy looks that they are dunks. And this is a very non-ideal situation for him. Like you, I want to see him as a role man. You want to see him as a vertical lob threat. And as we've noted, and that's why I wanted to start with the context, Memphis doesn't have those guys um, to, to run that action and to, deliver even draw the attention and then deliver the ball um, to him as a lob threat so while i i do the defense has been amazing um the offense hasn't to me and i still there's still some gripes with the motor um you, you just still leave and especially in that virginia tech game it kind of just felt like he was there um i just want him to leave much more of an imprint than he does and at some point when, when you keep leaving those games feeling like that that it's just a tough feeling to shake yeah, um, I would counter too. Like, I do think he's starting to work through some things in his post game. He had a really nice up and under um, against uh, against Iowa State, but again, like that's that's not happening every time. You need to see more of it. Um, I think if anything, it's just made me more uh, concerned. Is the wrong way to put it, but more just like okay, a lot more is going to have to have have to happen with him to become a better offensive player or to, be, to become like. Uh, the kind of offensive player he's going to need to be for, for where I think people are envisioning drafting him right now. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe in some ways this could be good because you're going to see him forced into difficult developmental reps, even if that maybe makes him take a hit in draft stock, but it's important that it's happening. Um, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to look moving forward. Their schedule is not like incredibly difficult. They play Georgia coming up. They have not been good this year. Um, they play. I think they get Bama. Yeah, they play Ole Miss, Bama Murray State, lost. and then they play Bama. So that'll be good. And then they play Tennessee too. So mm-hmm. it's not incredibly difficult for the next week. But week after, we're going to find out a lot more about the team. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what, 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 what do you even think you can really do moving forward this year that that makes you feel differently about what his offense looks like. I mean, I think quicker decisions is the first place to start, honestly. Um, and then probably better shot selection out of those self-created reps. Like, I'm never going to run my offense through him, I don't think. Um, so if you're, you have it in the post and it's not there, don't force it. Kick it back out. Come set a screen. Um, and maybe leveraging, like, his agility and tools, getting him out, playing in space, um, like, as a role man or – I don't know. We'll see about the ball skills, but maybe with some DHOs because I mean the po- just pure post ups have been a little underwhelming to me. 
But this is not to say that he's a bad prospect or a bad player. Like I'm fairly confident he'll be a rotation big, especially with the defense. Yeah. But you and I both we're not gonna share boards right now, but like you and I both did like preemptive ones and set them to each other. And he's both still top five for us. So it's like yeah, I think he was lo- a little bit lower for me, but oh. I think he's still a top 10 guy. Yeah, in yeah my okay. he's both top right 10 now. for us. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I think the biggest thing for me, and it sounds small, but it's just screening. Like, I need to see him be mm-hmm. a better screener. And that sounds like so JV basketball coach, but um, it's honestly a problem. Like, they don't have guys who can get separation on their own. And he just he slips the majority of his screens or doesn't make contact. Uh, it's like it's it's worse than Evan Mobley. If we're being completely honest, and I mean that in like the most endearing way possible, like he's a fantastic prospect, but for how much I think he needs to be an on the margins guy, it's got to be there consistently. And I'm, I'm hoping that's something that comes because he has the size and the physicality to do it. Um, and I think even then, like it's less of a, even if you're creating separation for someone else, it creates separation for you, too, because you're creating that advantage and making it better for you. Um, other thing I would have too. uh I actually thought that I watched the same possession like six times in a row because I think Amani, Amoni, sorry, I keep saying Amani. Amoni takes like a baseline leaning out of bounds fader like four times in a row. I think they all yeah. went in, if I'm being completely honest and, and remembering. It depends right. on which game you watched. <laughs> well, um, in, the, in the Iowa State game, they were still down like 19, yeah. so it didn't matter. But um, how, did anything change up for you? I don't know if you want to talk about him at all, but. Um, so actually I had one quick thing to say on Duran before I did have a couple of yeah. money thoughts, actually. Um, with Duran, again, like what I was saying, like he's I'm fairly confident he's gonna be rotation big. I think he was gonna be an NBA player. Um, for me, it's more about like the ceiling. Um, what what ceiling outcome can I buy into that makes drafting him in the top five or six or seven worthwhile? Um, because if we're talking about a slightly undersized in terms of height, definitely not strength and and tools, but slightly undersized center. Um, we trust the defense, but I'm not sure how, you know, skilled or versatile or just I don't I don't want to say useful because that feels really really harsh. But like, what what are you bringing to the offensive end that's moving the needle? Um, that's going to get me to be enticed and buy in that high. Right now, in terms of my board, it's kind of like I don't really feel comfortable with anyone else, and like I'm willing to just trust the defense and tools at the moment. But come June, I feel like they're with when we have a 30 game sample. I think there are going to be other guys that I'm more comfortable with if this is continuing how it looks. So I, I just think for me, it's a tough evaluation because it all depends what you want. Like if you're a team looking to plug plug the gaps with a big who you think can play in the playoffs, which like I think he will be able to do, then sure, go right ahead. But if you're looking for more of a franchise piece to help jumpstart a rebuild, I'm not sure if like he's going to have the juice you're looking for. Yeah, and I think the last thing I would say on him too, um, like you noted earlier, but it's just important to remember, and it's not I think that you weren't, but like this is like the worst possible situation for him to look good offensively, just in all honesty. I think in a lot of ways it, it would be best if he's like I, I'm trying to think of like if he's playing Gonzaga, that's like fantastic. Like there are guards who can run screen and roll 24-7, and I think that's the most ideal scenario for him right now. But um yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a process in terms of trying to figure out where we're at with him as things move on. Um, and then you want to talk about Amoni? Because I did have a couple thoughts. Obviously, he's not draft eligible, but I do think he does play a role in sort of the entire Memphis ecosystem, obviously. Um, and I think he has an effect on Duran also. Um, Amoni shot selection. When, what do you, what would you do about it? 
Uh, I mean, I if I'm being honest, I don't hate it. Like, I I don't like watching it. I don't think it's great. But also at the same time, I think you, you, we have to look at it through a different lens and be like, he's 17. Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to work through being an on-ball option, playing against guys who are older than him. Um, I don't look. I don't want to see him take 19-foot floaters. Like, it's 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 not a great offense. But also, I do think it's important for him to actually work through those reps and, and figure out what he can do as an on-ball player. I don't want to see those moving forward for sure. Cause like now that you've taken it you're like, Oh, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to see what that looks like for moving forward. I do appreciate that. Like he has a, um, like a shooter shoot mindset, which is, you know, that's, that's good. But um, that's kind of my sugar coated way of saying like it, it definitely needs to clean up, but also with the context of like, I get it to a degree. Like, I don't think it's the, the end of the world or anything. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And obviously we've been saying this from the jump, like use this year as a data point year, not something to discourage you. He's not even draft eligible. Um, so evaluate him in his draft year, just as you would everyone else. So, I mean, I do think there's something to be said for that. He is young. He is playing in a new role on a new stage in a level up in competition, a serious level up in competition. Um, that being said, it's just, he does some things where, as you mentioned, the 19 foot floater, um, some decisions, some pull up threes in transition don't need to be taken. Three some of the pass too. Clock. The uh, yeah, the three sixty spin pass uh, to the <laughs> that one too. Something that um, was so hilarious. And and I do think there's a difference between like, hey, these are positive on ball reps and learning curves yeah. versus we're just kind of adding to the bad habits. Um, and I'm there's part of me that's a little bit worried that look, this is and I'm not. I don't want to make this like the hate ammoni. Like, I don't want to catch slander for that. I don't want to catch slander for that. But this is a little bit. Um, he's played for his dad's AU team in high school all the time. Um, free reign of usage, free reign, do whatever you want. And the Memphis usage looks a little bit too similar to that for my liking for his long-term development. And that's all there is to it. Um, that's all I'll say. I would like to see him place more off the ball, come off pin downs, Use your shooting versatility in ways that don't include taking 25-foot pull-ups two seconds into the shot clock with when you're running on a fast break. Like There are other ways to leverage his incredible skill set as a shooter, which, as we've noted multiple times, is insane. Um, for his age, the height, the touch, it's nutty. But there are, better, there are ways for this to be better leveraged than it currently is, in my opinion. Yeah, I won't lie. I was way too dismissive at the beginning. Now, now I'm thinking about it and going back through, like, yeah, get him off of an Iverson, do things with him off the ball. So I was just thinking back, like, he really is not doing anything off the ball in that Iowa State game. Um, part of it's, like, again, like, it's tough finding the balance when there aren't really ball handlers, but also, okay, there's got to be something here in terms of using him as an off-ball mover, finding something like that. So uh, I agree. I'm interested to see how Penny – uh, Penny Hardaway tackles the rest of the season because they have a, they have a lot of talent, but finding ways to make it work offensively is going to be um, interesting to say the least as they play better competition. Uh, well, speaking of the Iowa State game, I know Tyrese Hunter is somebody who popped a little bit and has to start the year. Um, I don't have, obviously I don't have priors or real background on him. Uh, I do have thoughts on him, but I'll let you start in. Yeah. I mean, in a year that priors, basically don't exist. Uh, this is my first time watching him. He is fun. Uh, the shift and the handle jumps off the page immediately. I mean, you can see it within the first couple of possessions with him handling the ball. Um, two things I would want, uh, just to give an overview, like the appeal with him is going to be self-created paint touches, easy paint touches, breaking down the defense, uh, getting to the rim off a standstill and hopefully off the dribble shooting. Um, I think the shot is going to need to come around. I was a little underwhelmed 
with him as a passer. Um, I think there are pretty there are some leaps that could be taken there. And I think he also struggled with finishing. Um, I watched two games. I watched the Memphis game and the Xavier game just in terms of finishing around size. Um, he had two really good contact finishes, yeah. which I really liked. One against Duran and one against I'm blanking on who the other one was against, but um, really, he's comfortable finishing through contact, but he's six feet tall. Um, he's small. It's tough. So the finishing and the passing are what I'm monitoring the most. The jumper looks good. Like I don't have any issues with with it mechanically. Really, um, he had an extremely tough step back in the Xavier game. Um, he can create legit space. Like he's a legit shot creator. Um, he's a guy worth tracking uh, in a year where we have absolutely no guards. Um, look, he is a package of skills that not many other guys have that we're all searching for. Um, I'm keeping tabs for sure. I don't, it was only two games and I'm not ready to like go all the way in one way or another yet, but um, he's definitely intriguing. Yeah, no, he's somebody I want to watch a lot more closely. I only saw him in the Memphis game. I didn't have time to watch them play against Savior. Um, but like you mentioned, I think it was on, on Duran and, and, and Dandridge, if I remember correctly, yes, but yeah, it, was, it was, I yeah. mean, those, uh, those finishes were incredible. I think he only finished like three of 12 from the field in that game, but those just stood out mm-hmm. to me like a sore thumb uh, in terms of something worth noting. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep tracking him moving forward. I don't really have any other thoughts. I know he's incredibly active as a defender, not awesome, but like he, his hands are really active again. He's small, but I think he's averaging three steals a game right now. Um, didn't really get caught off the ball as, as much as I was thinking he would. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, yeah, yeah, no, with the, with the defense, I, I liked his off ball defense a lot. Um, I did think he had some trouble at the point of attack in, um, I'm not sure if that was evident in the Memphis game. I have in my notes um, that he struggled with the point of attack in the Xavier game. Um, but the off ball stuff was good for a six foot guard. Obviously I'm not sure how effective and, um, like how is that going to move the needle? A six foot guard uh, in digs and helps unless you're Kenny Chandler, who has the most accurate hands in the country. Yeah. Um, but Tyrese is fun. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, like as a sign of uh, shaky playmakers is when they just force the role. Um, that's like a really hard thing for me to under, for me to like unsee. And he did that in the <laughs> Xavier game. Uh, just had like, didn't see the hard tag, could have hit the weak side didn't um, try to force into the window and ended up turning it over. So just some things to watch um, for him. But again, young freshman point guard. And when you have someone with that handle, with that shiftiness, able to break down the defense that easily, uh, you don't just push them to the side. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, did you want to hit on anybody else from Memphis or are you good there? Um, I'm honestly good there. All right, cool. Well, let's shift to Baylor because I know we have a lot to mention about Baylor. Um, they've had, I mean, they, I, I'm trying to remember, they won Battle for Atlantis, right? Or well, no, they weren't Battle for Atlantis. I can't. Yes. There's so they many. Were, yeah, they're a bit. They were Battle for Atlantis. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they, they were. They won, they won Battle for Atlantis. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, let's start with Kendall Brown because Kendall has been, uh, really fascinating to watch this season. Obviously, you mentioned him off rip before the year started, and I was like, okay, you know, he'll be interesting. Like, I, I don't really know what to make of him. And he's been, I don't want to say a revelation or anything, but in terms of how he's getting drummed up, uh, in terms of like just overall um, draft stock has been massive. Like, I think he went from being off ESPN 100 entirely to being like uh, in the top 30 now, like somewhere around there. Uh, I mean, what have your early impressions been What based on what, what we've seen since we last talked? Where are you at with him? So, I mean, to be honest, when I came to the year with Kendall, like he was like a fringe lottery guy to me. Um, yep. 
mid first. Like I, I thought that was high. Um, and now you're seeing him in the conversation, the top five prospect, which I understand why people are going there. Um, especially with the rest of the class, if you're not into Ivy or Pat Baldwin jr. Um, someone's gotta be there. Like that's what we always talk about. Someone's gotta be the quote unquote seventh best prospect in the class. Um, yeah. and I just do think it's very interesting as, and I think he is probably in one of the more advantageous situations for any of the top prospects. Um, his flaws are starting to show a little bit. His offensive flaws have basically been completely hidden um, in his role with Baylor. Um, I know you're going to mention a stat that's going to talk about his lack of ambidexterity, which like is still sugarcoating it somehow. Um, anytime he dribbles and puts the ball on the floor, it's rough. The cutting and attacking closeouts are still incredible. Um, there's a great pass in uh, in the beginning of the Stanford game where he drives baseline and then drop gets taken, drop off gets taken away, um, corner drift gets taken away, and he just darts it straight out to the top of the key. Um, like he makes legit reads as a passer. Um, just a lot of his shots are either dunks or wide open threes that he has time to think three times if he wants to shoot it or not. Um, and I just do think as well as the off ball defense, which I think we're going to talk about a lot. Um, that's going to be really interesting to me. The off ball defense is he's been pretty inconsistent um, back cut, losing guys on relocations, um, just not super sound or consistent, but he's able to make up with tools in some instances, but the process is not exactly something you are thrilled to see um, with someone who's going to get build as a lot of their value as a defensive player, um, along with the cutting and closeout attacking. I think he's fascinating. And like, um, I'm planning to write about him in my first piece. And there's just so much, so many thoughts um, to kind of compartmentalize and break down, but I'm gonna let you have the floor because there's just so much to talk about with him. Yeah. Well, the stat is that he has not taken a layup with his left hand yet this year. Um, Every single thing has been two hands or with his right. Um, and that shows up on tape. And like you mentioned, I think somebody, a friend of ours, um, sent me a clip of him playing at UIBL. Um, and it's literally like, or no, it might've been high school. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but like he, he had somebody who basically just followed him around court, staying on his right hand and forced him to dribble left. You could tell how uncomfortable he was. And you've seen that a lot this year, even on, on closeouts. Like if, if somebody's, you know, to his right, he doesn't want to dribble left. Like he'll, he'll check out of things. And instead of taking a guy off the dribble, like every, that's something ever since that guy sent to me and I went back and I watched some stuff, like all the closeouts he attacks are wide open. It's not somebody who's right by him. Like, and I do think he's got enough burst and a decent amount, like, especially when you're in college and you have that level of burst and one hand that you can dribble with, you should be able to get past guys. Um, that's something that I want to see more from him because it, it definitely raises questions. Um, and it's just interesting too, because like you're mentioning, uh, in terms of like seeing how he's, how he's passing and facilitating, I would really love to see him actually get to play the four because he just isn't a four ever for Baylor, which is what's so weird because I think a lot of people are looking at him as being like a three, um, despite not being a shooter or anything and given his athletic profile. But to me, like he's so clearly a four and I want to see him get used as a roller, and a screener and, and what that could do for him as a, as a short roll guy. Cause I think that would be fantastic for getting um, good ways to, to, to see how he handles touches in the middle of the paint because everything's coming baseline. Um, like he does some stuff, like if he's out at the top of the key, he'll, he's had a few perimeter passes from there, but nothing like super consistent. Um, 
I agree with you. I, I'm not ready to talk about the defense yet because the offensive fit is where it's so interesting to me in trying to parse through things because um, like that's where I get hung up. I'm like, I have no idea what to think of him as a, as a, as an offensive prospect, just because like, yes, he's scoring 13 points per game, but almost nothing is self-created and that's not everything, but it's just like the way that an NBA team could take away what he's doing so easily, unless he's playing off of like, you know, a superstar. Like, um, I don't know. There, there's a lot there that I, I question. But I would say, too, one last thing I want to hit on before I let you you take the floor again. His touch is awesome. Like, he has mm-hmm. very, very good touch, um, especially in the MSU game. I think it was the first time you really get to see him actually attack the basket head on instead of coming out of the corners. And he had some really nice touch finishes around the rim. Part of you is kind of like, okay, well, why are you taking a touch finish when you're 6'8 and have that kind of athleticism? I do think he has a tendency to um, shy away from contact a little bit, which is weird because on defense, he's not like that at all. But offensively, he does have a tendency to, to kind of hesitate or, or pull up a little bit. Um, but again, like he's, he's just – he's incredibly interesting. I, I don't quite know what to make of him. Yeah, uh, the exact note from that Michigan State game would be, weirdly good touch on running scoop floater. So I know exactly which one you're talking about. And yeah, that's, I think he's someone that we are going to get a much better feel for in terms of their offensive repertoire and what actually can and can't be taken away during conference play. Um, Once these teams really, I don't think anyone has probably benefited more than having no tape out there than Kendall Brown, because he's just such an imposing athlete. So like, if you don't know what to do with him and you close out, yeah, he's going to blow right by you with his right hand. Um, If you don't know that he doesn't really want to dribble to his left or that he isn't really going to shoot it, like, yeah, he's going to torch you. But I'm very interested, and this is um, – people have noticed this with Okoro. This kind of happened with Okoro um, in his draft year. CC teams just sagged off him and just were like, if you want to beat us, like, shoot the, shoot the cover off the ball. And, like, I don't know, key teams could very easily do that with Kendall. And if he gets sagged off and he has, doesn't have closeouts to attack – what does that look like for the on-ball game? Um, what is What happens to the passing? And the part of me doesn't want to get too hung up on this because the entire intrigue with me and Kendall, like coming into the year was him as a four. That was the entire intrigue of it. Um, as a role man, as a potential dunker spot guy, using the vertical, like the insane vertical pop, you, I trust him to have, to have lob, like um, to be, to be a lob threat and like have lob, have lob gravity. I trust him to make decisions on the short roll like that was the intrigue. The intrigue was never as a wing that was going to attack and create offense and be a secondary creator and like create his own shot and create for others. It was, Hey, this guy's a freak athlete. He's going to be an absolute pest at the point of attack on defense on positions two through four. Like he's going to be able to score in transition. He's going to be able to dunk when you throw him a lob. And like, that was kind of the long and the short of it, which is why it was like, Hey, that's a mid first guy. Now, the pitch looks so entirely different and I'm wondering how much it gets tailored back towards what we thought he was coming out of high school. And maybe I'm just completely wrong. Um, And maybe he has counters and he's just that good as a cutter. And it's not as simple as you sag off him and he gets tranquilized. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I, what I do know is that when teams start to play him with multiple games of film, they have access to the same stats you have access to. So this is no secret that he doesn't want to lay the ball or drive with his left hand. So I'm very interested to see how the big 12 coaches play him um, and what, what type of things he has to adapt to on the basketball court, like when conference play starts. 
Well, yeah, especially against teams that like I'm really interested. To, like I've watched a little bit of Texas Tech, and they have so much size and length, and they play aggressively. Um, like I want to see what that looks like for him if he's not playing against the zone that he can kind of just sink into and, and explode in out, out of cuts because it, I mean he, he's a legitimately incredible cutter. Like it's not just like some fake shit. Like he's been very good ghosting baseline, uh, 45 cuts, face cuts. Like he's whatever you need him to do. He's been fantastic at it. But like okay, if if a team just says fuck you, like we're not going, we're not giving you a lane to cut. Like what does that look like? Um, and just dealing with, with better, better length, better athletes. I'm not sure either. Um, cause even with Stanford, I mean, they played out of zone the majority of the game. It wasn't like anything absurd. Um, did you take anything away from his shot? Because he, he had two shots against Stanford, both, uh, one was from the corner. The other was like a one dribble sidestep on the wing, uh, almost checked out of both of them. And then they both swished. Like, obviously he's not a shooter right now, really. Um, I think he's taken like seven shots this year, if that, maybe six. Um, but like it looks kind of clean, and I just want to see him take some, like take take a couple a game because I, I just want to know what's there for you. Yeah, no, I mean, before I get on the shot, I do like what well, we I want to emphasize like his cutting is probably one of the best micro skills in the class. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. it is absurd and like genuinely could help carry his offensive usage at the NBA level. And I think it's if it's in his best interest, it likely will be a huge part of it. So my favorite um, shooting rep of his of the year was actually a miss. It was against Michigan State, but it was the first time I can anecdotally recall that he caught it and just went right into a jumper. Um, he missed, I think it was either a little bit long, a little bit left, but catch it from a swing pass and just go. Um, both the jump shots against Stanford, it's like, it was wide open, almost checked out of one. Um, and it's just time and space that you're not going to get every time you should shoot the basketball. Um, yeah, everyone's going to take those. And you're expected to make a high percentage of the two shots he made against Stanford. Michigan State won. Um, like, it was just catch and go. Um, and I would love to see so much more of that. I think he's going to need to. Um, if you're not going to put pressure on the defense, it's one thing if they're going to say, hey, we'll let you shoot and we're fine with you shooting. It's another thing if you're just like blatantly not going to shoot, then you, there's no way you're going to kill them. Um, so I would love to see his, along with like the left-hand finishing and just adding ambidexterity as a driver and a finisher, which has long been an issue for his going back to high school. I want to see him get up the threes. I'm just get him up and, and just don't hesitate. Um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to because the, as you said, the mechanics like not broken and then they're not the prettiest, but yeah. And it was I mean, one I motion too, which I, I was yeah. kind of surprised by. I was like, Oh, this I, is definitely a two motion jumper. And I was like, no, okay. No, I mean, I have a clip of him taking a pull up and it's like a ridiculously smooth one drill pull up three in high school. And I'm just like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And so I would just like to see more of it. And I'm curious to see again, as he gets game plan for differently, um, if he leans into that part of his game more moving forward. Um, but overall, man, just an absolutely fascinating player and just so fun to scout and then debate back with like, he's someone where, and we always talk about these are my favorite kind of guys where you could have the same exact scouting report and like one person 10, 10, 10 spots higher on him than the other, just because like, I don't know, does this work? Like, is it sustainable? I'm not sure. And like, it's very early to say. I'm excited to dive into the film and kind of like parse out over some words. But yeah, this is going to be a tough evaluation. Yeah, he's definitely someone to me who is going to depend on the system and like the the environment and organization he goes to because 
Um, not to just say that he'd be like perfect for Golden State, although he would be perfect for I was a just place like say, Golden State. But like, I'm like, okay, if, if he goes to a place State, like Golden would you State, take him? he could look amazing. <laughs> but if he goes to a place yeah. like, okay, let's say he goes to Dallas or something, like he could actually look kind of good in Dallas. But like, I'm trying to think Dallas of like an unserious non movement offense. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. But like, if, if somebody's next. like, okay, play five out and see what happens, like that's no, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so, I agree. Uh, let's talk about his defense, though, because I think you and I both, not that we haven't been high on his defense, but I just think there's kind of been a lacking in nuance on the defense. And to a degree, like, I think he's gotten some real leeway just because of highlights he's making. And that sounds like I'm just trying to, like, shame him. No, I don't mean that at all. But, like, his off-ball defense has been legitimately quite bad. Uh, like, he gets caught sleeping all the time. Um he does have some nice plays in recovery, but I mean, you should, you're a, an NBA level athlete playing against mid-major teams. Like you should have popping plays in recovery if you're getting beat. Um, where are you at with his, his defense? Well, I, let's start with his off ball because the on ball, we do know yeah. it's good and we'll talk about it more, but off ball, where are you at? So, I mean, this is something, so Baylor, Brown, like they'll switch everything. I'm well, like, yeah, that's what's so hard about their defense too, because and, it's very, and this aggressive. is something and this is something I saw with Butler too last year is that like, look, sometimes like if you're switching on a cutter and they slip the cut, like, yeah, you technically got back cut, but like, it's a kind of a botched like handoff. And I'm not saying that that by any means is all of his like mishaps. He's had plenty where he just gets beat back door um, or he just doesn't make a rotation or he's is a space cadet and zones out and doesn't make the proper rotation. Plenty of those. I'm just saying there are a couple of possessions in maybe each like maybe one or two possessions a game where you're like, ah, like that line's a little blurry. Um, so I just do want to be wary of that, but sure. yeah, he's definitely had some major mishaps on that end. Um, as I, I mean, I kind of just gave the rundown on him getting back cut, especially. Um, and I just think his attention span sometimes, like he's just not fully locked in um, and seeing man ball, keeping the head in the swivel, staying in position, just constantly checking back and forth. Um, when he does get back cut, it's just like him locking in on the ball. And then someone just like, Oh, you're not even looking at me. Like I'm going to go back door. Um, so the off ball stuff is definitely something I'd like to see improve, especially if you're going to be him play him as a four and like be the low man. Like I would rather feel comfortable that you're going to be sound on rotations and sound in positioning. Obviously, as you mentioned, he's going to get away with it with the tools. Um, just being that good. Like he's not just an NBA athlete, like a plus NBA athlete um, in terms of running jump. So obviously you're going to get away with it in some instances, but the off ball stuff, definitely um, he could work on a bit. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I actually feel like in some ways he's looked better as a low man than if he's playing on the wing. Um, I think he mm -hmm. is, is better at, at, at kind of compassing the floor and, and seeing things instead of ball watching. He still gets back cut when he's playing as a low man, but it has looked a little bit better. And it's tough too, because he's uh, obviously he and Scotty are very different, but like in some of the same ways where like he is like a legitimately awesome uh, point of attack defender, like, and I would actually argue in some ways, probably a better point of attack defender than Scotty because he's way quicker laterally. Um, but I also like just would hesitate with the switch everything moniker that people are already throwing out. Um, Cause like you mentioned, like two through four, I think is a much more viable way to put it. You've already seen like, if he's up against the point guard, part of it is that he can overshoot because that's Baylor's scheme, like just be long as hell and be aggressive. Um, so he does overshoot at times at the point of attack, but also like he has gotten beat like a little bit. And it's not like, again, not, not meant as a, a thing to, to be unfair to him, but it's just being realistic. 
Like this is not a guy who I think should be realistically switching one through five all the time or can can just be like somebody's going to hound point guards routinely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but I do I don't want to miss the force for the trees on his P, like his point of attack defense because like oh yeah I like it's love, legit, it's like all defense level it's very good. I love his point of attack defense against like wings and like even some guards like some bigger guards like I know I said this when we first talked about him like I cannot wait to see him like I hope he gets the Agbaji assignment like I hope he gets the Terrence Shannon assignment like I want to see him just get thrown to all these wings in in Big Twelve like like a PV on TC like that's someone I'd love to see him guard um. And I'm just so excited for that because his point of attack is like, he can be like very overwhelming. Um, yeah. He's incredibly quick, as you noted. Um, just, just very. Like he's active. literally almost um, too quick sometimes. Like he slides so yeah. far and so fast that he can, like that's part of the overshooting. Like it's kind of incredible, man. Like he's the kind of guy where if you just tighten the screws a little bit, he's, I mean, just absurd at that end. Yeah, so I'm I'm very into the point of attack defense so far. As you and we noticed um, earlier, where he was getting beat off like by ones in like their first couple of mid-major games. But other than that, um, like when he's actually guarding guys that he should be guarding um, yeah. and that he will be guarding the NBA, um, he's looked really good. So I definitely want to give him his proper credit there because um, it's been a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, last thing I would want to hit on with him too. Do you, what, what do you think about help side room protection with him? I know he hasn't really flashed it a ton right now. Um, like most of the plays have been like broken recovery plays where he's, he's making contests at the rim, but he has had some nice moments of verticality. Um, yeah, I think there was one against, uh, I can't remember Stanford center's name right now, but he had a good moment of verticality against him. Ball still went in, but like seeing stuff like that, I was like, okay, this is encouraging. I like that. Um, do you where where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean, if he can touch up on the positioning and just reaction time with rotations, like I think he could provide equity there because he's so quick off the floor. Um, and he'll get to the apex even if he's giving up a little size and delayed and jumping second. Like he can still meet you at at the top of your move and meet you at the rim. Um, I don't really have a ton of thoughts on like his ability to just stay vertical. Um, mm-hmm. that's something I kind of need to pay more attention to, but in terms of like having potential equity there as a secondary rim protector, as a four, I'm um, just like sliding over from the weak side dunker spot or just like hedging out and, and some pick and roll stuff. I'm like, as the tagger, I, I think like it could definitely be there. I'm um, just because of how good of an athlete he is. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, well, I want to talk about some more stuff with Baylor. Um, you want to talk about Jeremy Sohan for a minute? Yeah, he's fun. He's very fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I have a take. I'm not sure I'm going to share it, but actually, I will. I think he's the second best prospect on the Baylor team. I, I part of it is I, I'm, I'm not like, I don't quite see it with Matthew Meyer, um, and I just think it's going to look a little bit different for him in NBA context. Uh, Sohan does it for me, man. Like I see it with him. Uh, I know he hasn't shot incredibly well. I think he shot about 32% from three on the year. Um, but the passing flashes have been awesome. Uh, actually JK, he shot 21% around the year. I can't believe it's a JK on the pod, but yeah. Uh, the shot doesn't look down horrendous like i mean matthew meyer hasn't shot well either i uh, did not mean that to sound like just competitive like most of baylor has not shot well other than lj crier in all honesty um and kendall's shots are kind of fake as we've mentioned like they're they're real but like you're taking one of games so it doesn't really count bro but um the passing flashes are legit i think he's shown more ability as a potential 
um, help side guy and as a low man than Kendall has. Like he's been very good defensively too. I don't like he, he's finished well on the inside. Uh, he's getting played more as a big than Kendall is, which makes sense giving an athletic profile. Like he's definitely not nearly as laterally quick as Kendall um, and is much more of a forward than a wing. Uh, I just kind of blurted out all my thoughts there at you. Where are you at with him? So, I mean, I actually thought he, like, he did have some impressive lateral um, quickness moments, but it was definitely as a four, like not yeah. as like someone I'm going to go throw out to play against wings. It was more of like as a four in pick and roll coverage um, and against like bigger guys getting downhill. He's someone I'd love to see shoot just because like, I don't know how much equity he's going to have like off the bounce. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like comfortable if he's attacking closeouts because the passing is so much fun. Um, even in the first couple of minutes, like his first in the Stanford game, like he gets right in there and makes sure it's like, oh, this guy's just like slugging the ball over the floor. Like, I don't even know if any of them resulted in assists, but um, his core mapping is awesome as an offensive player. I didn't, I didn't really think it was a hot take that he's the second best guy on second best prospect on Baylor. Like, yeah. I'm, like fairly confident that already. Um, yeah, he's someone that I, I so I had been meaning to get around to him before. Um, he's someone people had been very interested in um, coming into the year just because of some priors. I had personally never seen him. Um, so he's been a nice, pleasant surprise for Baylor. Um, I'm looking to, for him to get more minutes and hopefully shoot the ball a little bit better. But I absolutely think there's something there as like a two-way four um, who can hopefully space the floor and just play good team defense, make pa- like be a good cog in your offense, make a couple impressive passes here and there. Um, yeah, he's a guy to me for sure. Yeah, no, he's really interesting. Uh, is there anybody else you want to hit on or anything else you want to hit on from, from, from that game before we move to Harrison Ingram? No, no, we can touch on Ingram real quick. All right. Um, what, I'll just ask you, what are your initial thoughts on him? This is my first time watching him. I had not seen anything else on him from this year. I want to go watch a lot more Stanford. They actually play – I think they play Colorado tonight or they played yesterday. I watched that game against mm-hmm. Jabari Walker. But, um, I mean, what have you thought of him just from this game or just in general? Yeah, so I mean, I was only able to get through half the game. Um, I wasn't able to watch the full game, but I do have some priors on Harrison um, with his high school stuff too. So I think the passing is going to need to be like pretty elite um, for it to all make sense. But like yeah. in terms of him as a connector, um, I don't. What is he shooting from three this year? I honestly thirty four point eight percent currently this year. Is he getting him up? Uh, I think he's taking. I'm looking right now. He is taking about three and a half a game. Okay. So like he's um from what I saw, and this could be completely wrong, it's one half of their season. Um, he was on the ball a lot with Stanford, which is fun because he gets to leverage the passing stuff. But um his athletic limitations kind of jump off the screen right away, uh, yeah. the same way they did in high school, just not very bursty at all. Um, not really able to generate any acceleration downhill. But um he had a really craft like he plays with great pace. Um he had a really crafty up and under bucket in the beginning of the game. Um, he's someone that I think is definitely going to be scaled down in the NBA um, relative to what I assume his Stanford role is just based on clips I've seen in the one half. So um, him shooting would be a huge deal. Um, I don't want to rush to any conclusion about the point uh, about like the team defense and the feel on that end. Cause that's typically something that takes me like a game or two, if not more to figure, to really figure out. Um, so I don't really have much to say about the defense, but in terms of the offense, um, he's a really fun passer, just a high IQ player. Um, probably an NBA player just based on like those, just the ability to be a part of a lineup and just play with anyone and blend in and not need the ball in his hands to be effective, especially if the shot comes around. Um, but yeah, high IQ guy that I think could slide off the ball in the league, but definitely don't have any too concrete thoughts right now. 
Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I thought uh, just to add and things that you maybe haven't hit on, uh, he did have some nice moments of help side rim protection. Uh, not in terms of being a shot blocker. Like I think that you can wipe that off the door, in my opinion. Like um, in watching him, like you mentioned, athletically, he's got really weird motion. Like, and I think it throws guys off to a degree. Um, like he honestly has like a decent handle for his size and was able to get into the paint a little bit, but you see the limitations right away. He's not a vertical athlete. Um, and I think you saw that defensively too. Like he challenged Flo Thamba really well on a shot. Um, and I paused it and I think he was about three inches off the ground, um, off of us, just a sidestep and jump. And Flo Thamba was like seven or eight. Like that's again, that's not everything, but I do think like that, that automatically speaks out to some limitations he's going to have. He is a pretty below the rim finisher. So he's already trying a lot of craft stuff at the rim, which I like that he's trying, but um, it also results in like, he hasn't shot incredibly well at the rim this year. Um, I think he's right around 50 or 51%, which is not awesome. He doesn't yep. take floaters really. Um, so a lot of it's going to be, what can he do as a shooter? But I, I like his shot and he took a couple of self-created ones too. Um, he's interesting. And I, I agree with you trying to parse out more of what his, uh, defensive skill set looks like, but his feel for the game is really cool too. I like his, he, he's had some quality passes that, that, that pop off for me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what like definitely a high IQ player. And like, I'm confident in that even as low as I've seen of him, but it is interesting. And I love that you brought up the rim numbers because I was running through some search queries on BART with um, the statistics and kind of ran like a playmaking slashing um for like wings and small and like bigger guards um you know with some rim like rim attempts just like in terms of frequency assist turnover ratio assist rate all things of that nature um and like as you start adding more and more um you start to dwindle down the guys and the one that took him away was the rim uh the percentage at the rim uh he's shooting 51 percent at the rim which is not good and I think that was really noteworthy to me because that's a category he, he absolutely belongs in, um, just being a playmaking wing. But um, I think that was, you can easily point that. And I haven't seen them, so I could be completely extrapolating here, but I think it's reasonable to assume that the lack of vertical pop, as you mentioned in the athletic limitations that um, I've known from priors and then turning on even one half of the Stanford Baylor game um, are still present. So I think that's something he's going to have to battle with. Um, he did have a really good like up and under craft finish in the game that uh, in the Baylor game to start, as I mentioned, but um, he's going to need that craft because he is, as you said, a below the rim athlete. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, well, I think unless you have anything else you want to hit on here, we can transition to talking about Memphis. Oh, not Jesus. We're talking about Memphis talking about U of M in Arizona. Uh, they played a game. That was not super competitive. Uh, Arizona ended up winning this one pretty, pretty not tightly. Jesus, I cannot word today. Um, but there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, do you want to start talking about U of M or, or Arizona? Um, I feel like Arizona is a lot of guys. So yeah, there are. You want to just start with them? We could start yeah. going down uh, um, those guys. We could start with Benedict Matherin. I want to start with Christian Coloco because he was absolutely phenomenal in the Michigan game and has really just popped all year. Uh, obviously six game sample, but I think he just missed their last game due to injury. So hopefully that will not be something significant moving forward. Actually just kidding. He hasn't missed their last game. He's on the injury report though, if I remember correctly. Um, I know he stood out for you as well. Where are you at with him? What, what, what kind of pop for you? Uh, he was dominant as a room protector. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. dominant. Um, whether he blocked it or not, he impacted every single attempt around the rim. And like, 
I've pulled a bunch of clips of the blocks, but just as many clips of him just altering stuff. Um, his moving skills are really fun at that size. Like I trust him to get to the level. Um, and I hope, I, I kind of want Arizona to turn him loose a little bit at some, at some times. And like, they sent him out like a trap one time, but um, a lot of it was in drop. And I understand that if you have that big of a rim protector, keep him to, keep him to the rim. But just, I just want to see him do fun things. Um, and so the movement skills, the rim protection, um, the increased physicality is what stood out to me. Um, I, again, I, he wasn't someone I necessarily played very very close attention to in prior years, but he had sort of been uncoordinated, uncoordinated, um, getting bumped off spots, not necessarily have good like hands on lobs. And these are all things that like are legit strengths now. And talk to our good friend, Zach Milner, who's of course a big Alba- Al- Arizona basketball fan. Jeez, none of, neither of us can speak today. But, um, <laughs> I know, man, it's rough. Arizona basketball fan who has watched every game over the past couple of years. Um, he said Coloco has been one of the most improved players in the country. And I think that's very evident on tape. Uh, just the rim running, the lob stuff, um, the rim protection. It's awesome, man. And like, he is definitely, he's not just like a guy. Like, I think he could be pushing much higher than some people would expect on my board right now, um, just because of how valuable those legit rim protectors can be. Yeah. If this continues the rest of the year, these, I mean, he's first round for me, for sure. I don't know quite where he would finish on my board, but um, he's looked insanely good. And like you mentioned, too, just the, the the lob catching has been fantastic. I mean, he's shooting the best he has from the floor in his career. Part of that is, yeah, being seven foot one, playing against um, mid-major teams until you play Wichita State and, and Michigan. Yeah, it's going to look better. Um, and I think they played UNLV, too. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, he's been – awesome like he had this one play in recovery I don't remember why he was switched out onto I think he switched out on Eli Brooks and uh Hunter Dickinson got the ball in uh side pick and roll empty uh and was barreling towards the rim and he came over like probably covered 12 feet of ground swatted that shit team to come it was amazing like I think Hunter Dickinson as soon as he saw him coming he was like oh this is not going in um, it was awesome. Like he just was all over the place against U of M. And like you mentioned too, I thought um, like he gave Hunter Dickinson problems too, to a degree, which I thought was cool. Like not obviously post up defense is not um, like the most valuable thing or most important thing when looking at a guy, but um, even having uh, a lighter, smaller frame against somebody like Dickinson, who's one of the better post up scorers in the NCAA. Um, it was good to see like how physical and competitive he was with him. He will have a big test uh, when they play Illinois in two weeks because uh, Kofi has been absolutely nuts to start this year. Um, that'll be really good to gauge physicality and see how he looks on the glass too. But overall, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to really add on him. He's just been extremely impressive to start the year. Yeah, I mean, as we start holding him to a little bit of like a higher standard, especially in the offensive end, um, the skills, the ball skills and skills in general general are still a little well um mm-hmm. i noted that he picked up a charge due to like just some poor processing and just not seeing rotations in advance obviously that's like holding someone to a very high standard to expect that that a seven footer who's already making wild improvements is just now going to have ball skills and passing chops but again um even if he is just a rim protector and a lob catcher at that size with his tools like that's still a guy i'm interested in um, probably in the first round but again, just that's the best part about tracking in-season development is just noting where these guys are in the beginning, even how 
improved they might be, um, they might be a different player in certain aspects when we're talking about them in March. Um, so I think this is a re- these are really interesting data points, um, but he was utterly dominant. Yeah, no, that was one of the better prospect games I think I've watched this year. Um, well, let's transition to talk about Benedict Matherin. Uh, he had, he's just had a very solid season overall, but he was very good against U of M. Um, where are you at with him? Has anything changed up for you since we first talked about him? I mean, he seems like he could be an NBA player. Um, the thing that I'm struggling to see, and it's kind of coming back to what I've always struggled to see with him is the upside. Um, what am I betting on? And it, to me, it just seems like it's still a little bit more theoretical than it is actualized in his play as a prospect. Um, the shooting, I'm not, I think you said he's shooting about 31%. Yeah, 31% on five a game right now. And so he's getting them up, which is awesome. And he's not shy taking them off the bounce at all. Um, I really like his off-ball play. He had a couple of good relocations. He's great as a cutter. Um, I'm just underwhelmed with him as a creator, especially with the tools. I really only think he's 6'4", 6'4 So he's going to be an off-guard. And I was just a little bit underwhelmed at him being forced to settle for tough floaters um, in both their games, Wichita State and the Michigan game. Um, when, when he was getting into creation stuff, which I'll say game, I know he finished with 25, but a lot of that was either putbacks, stuff in transition, um, things of that nature, not necessarily self-created buckets. So I thought, I thought that game was a little bit misleading, but the defense as well. I mean, I know you share some of these same sentiments. The team defense was a little bit underwhelming. I'm just getting lost, not making certain rotations. So I'm just not fully there, honestly. Um, and I wasn't fully there after, like, this is kind of the same place I was after FIBA, in which I get it. Um, I think he's really going to have to shoot it to make it worthwhile. Sure, he's, I mean, he has good tools, cool athlete. Um, I, again, I really, I will give him credit for the off-ball stuff. The cutting is great. I'm um, consistently great. And so are the relocations. I'm just a little bit skeptical of the upside that I know some other people see. And I'm more than welcome to people's explanations. Um, welcome all discourse. I'm personally just not there with him as like a secondary creator. Yeah, no, I would say I'm not there either. And I like, I honestly think to me, like he's a guy who I could easily view as a starter on, on an, on an NBA team. Like that's not anything I, I have a problem with whatsoever, but I agree. Like I just really haven't seen the, anything with the handle that makes me super, uh, like into his him as a creator like he had a really nice possession against michigan um where i think it was coming off double drags um ball got gets kicked to him high screen um and he got like a pretty wide lane i think he was like three or four feet behind the three-point line and he just went downhill with a full head of steam and we just don't see that enough like i want to see that a lot more this year um part of it is like arizona like doesn't i mean part like they really don't run a ton for him but he also passes out a lot and moves the ball. Like I, I do like how well he moves the ball, frankly. Like you mentioned, he's a good off-ball player. I just am not there with him being a creator either. Um, let's talk about the defense. Uh, I I don't want to be overly harsh, but I just think his defense is pretty average. Um, like it's not terrible. It's not bad. He doesn't get back cut a ton. He doesn't fall asleep all the time. He doesn't ball watch all the time. But he also just doesn't make a lot of those – NBA athletic plays that I think you expect um, from somebody of his size and stature. And, and I, I think he has a pretty decent wingspan. Um, like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like there, there are some moments where he does, especially at the point of attack, but overall I, I am kind of underwhelmed by his defense. 
Yeah. And, and I think, look, it's like, I'm not saying he's bad because it's very clear. Like it's not a bad basketball player. Um, I just don't know what I'm necessarily buying as from a prospect standpoint. It, where's, is there going to be a secondary creation creator in there? If so, how is he going to do it? Is it going to be because of the burst? If so, I'd love to see him, you like find more ways to utilize that. Um, it, it just feels like an untapped gem, honestly. Um, you see it when he busts it out. You're like, oh my God, that's like some, that's a blistering first step. But like he has just hasn't found ways to really put it to use yet. Um, so look, I mean, it's a long, long season, but um, the math and stuff so far to me, looks like a little bit what I expected coming at based on last season's film and the FIBA stuff. And I'm not sure how that warrants some of where he, like I've seen him mocked. And it's not just people on Twitter. I'm in the mainstream. He's getting a lot of buzz as well. And I'm just not necessarily there yet. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I have a couple other things I would want to hit on with Arizona too. Uh, I want to talk about Azulis Tabellis. He has, he's, he's been very good as a, as a college player this year. He is not really, done anything that's changed my mind on what he could be as an NBA player. Um, like he has not shot very well. He's not taking more. I mean, he hasn't shot well from three. He's not shooting well from three. He's not taking any more threes. Um, he has been incredibly dominant uh, on the inside, shooting 68% on twos right now, which is kind of insane. Um, like he's been good. It's just like, has it, I mean, has anything changed up for you and how you view him as a, as a real prospect? I mean, not necessarily. Um, like I said, like you said, I think he's been good as a college player. I mean, he's fun. Very but fun. I will say, this Arizona team's a lot. The Arizona team is a lot of this fun. This is, I um, like, I think Arizona should be in the top 10, frankly. Like, I know that that's, yeah, that's not I how it works with the rankings, but like, um, they've been, like, they are deep. They have really good talent. Uh, I've, I mean, I've enjoyed the hell of them. And they're big too. Like, they have size mm-hmm. throughout the roster on the wings. Um, they really gave, and we'll talk about Michigan too in a second, but they really gave Michigan issues with their size on the wings. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have many two battle thoughts. I do want to talk about Kirk Creesa though. Yeah. Um, he is very he's, fun. Talk about fun. Um, he's someone I really wish was six, five, because then I'm, I would be like fully ready to say it doesn't matter. Um, because the craft with him, the passing is awesome. Really smart player. Um, hell of a shooter it seems like a ton of versatility no shame whatsoever in taking any attempt uh, no matter the closeout no matter how deep he is has game off the bounce as a shooter um you just wonder if him only being 6'3 if those athletic limitations um, are just too overwhelming especially like as an advantage creator as a finisher i'm not sure how what level of a guy he is um he's someone i'm very very interested in and just makes this entire arizona experience a lot more fun and intriguing um because his shooting is something that i don't think they really have anywhere else on the roster in terms of people like guys like dalen terry matherin maybe a little bit here and there but um the the spark that he can provide both off the bounce and off the catch um it's pretty fascinating yeah no he's he's fantastic and i I mean yeah like you mentioned his passing is really fun too um Hmm. Guess how many twos he's taking per game right now? Uh, 1.5. Oh, that's higher. I mean, that's lower than, than you needed to go. It's 1.8. 1.8 twos per game and seven and a half threes. Um, but yeah, no, he's interesting. Uh, I don't, again, I agree. He's probably closer to six foot or six foot one than actually six foot three. But um, yeah. yeah, at least enjoy enjoyable to watch. And we'll see how the, the shooting looks and, and how things develop for him. But uh, I agree with you there. 
Uh, last shot that I have for Arizona, Arizona, though, my favorite player on the team is Dalen Terry. I love watching Dalen Terry play basketball. Like, he kind of operates as their point guard sometimes. Like, obviously, Kerr is kind of their point guard. But, like, Dalen runs a lot of stuff and just lubricates that offense a ton without really having any scoring chops whatsoever. Like, he can kind of finish at the rim if he gets, like, the if he's in the dunker spot. But he's really good defensively and fun defensively, but he can't shoot and he's not – he doesn't really have a handle. It doesn't. I mean, he has a handle, but he doesn't really have burst. Like, it's – I wish that there was stuff there because he is, like, my kind of guy in terms of does everything well except for scoring, which, believe it or not, being able to score, important for getting to the NBA, but very fun, very fun player. Um I guess that's a good transition point to talk about Michigan, uh, specifically Caleb Houston. Um, I'll let you start with this one because I, I I have many thoughts. I'm not sure where to go with it. I'm holding stock. Um, I'm not here to give up yet. I just I think um, it's gonna his evaluation is going to be a lot more based on the shooting than I thought it would be, um, especially after the first game the ball skills and the decisiveness attacking off of pin downs just has not been um, what I would like it to be. Obviously off the stand still, he's had a, a very tough time creating separation, which has hampered the off the dribble shooting um, and the passing too. All his off the dribble shooting attempts in the mid range. Um, a lot of them have been poor misses. He's someone that seems to be struggling with contest, um, especially with that, like where he starts to with like, it's like on his left ear, the start point. Um, I'm not giving up yet. Definitely not. But there are some very clear limitations that might be more prevalent than I would have um, anticipated or accounted for coming into the year. The athletic limitations, um, they're tough on offense, especially as a slasher, tough on defense as a recover as recovery and help. Um, he's just going to need to shoot the cover off the ball. Um, and I think he can. I think I don't think his percentages are that good right now. But I think that's going to need to be the ultimate selling point because everything's going to need to play through that. Um, he's going to be a three, maybe a small ball four. I still believe in the passing. Um, it just, how is he going to put himself in optimal positions to utilize that? And the answer is the shot. Um, it's got to be through the shot. But if he's not shooting off the, co the cover off the ball um, and just an absolute nuclear catch and shoot shooter, a guy coming off move, moving attempts, which like I know he can. Um, there was one possession that really stuck out to me in like in a disheartening way, which was they ran him off pin down. He had like if he could one, two and curl into like a mid range jumper, he had it. If he wanted to catch and rip down the right side, he had it catches it like doesn't know what to do pauses and then tries to rip and picks up a charge. And it's like, you don't have the luxury of wasting the advantage that you gain coming off the pin down with like with your handle and your athletic limitation, you got to go. And like, you got to just commit to it and be decisive. And that's kind of what I need to see more of from him moving forward. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't really have anything else to add on him because we're, we're kind of in the same spot uh, as we were after the Seton Hall game. Um, let's talk about Musa Diabate for a minute. He's been fun for me. Um, I, I wasn't really sure what to think of him coming in. I remember watching him at IMG and being like, he's interesting, but I have no idea what he is. Uh, watching this Arizona, like he did not have like a crazy game against Arizona. I think he finished at four and five, like nothing wild, but um he's just fun man like he he does stuff that i really like like he has some stuff as a, in his face-up game um just in terms of, of an offensive player who definitely needs to work on stretching things out and figuring out more as an offensive player 
he's had some like kind of decent passes. Like they're not anything that's very high feel, but it's things like, okay, this guy's six eleven. He's making this kind of kick out pass. Like the one that you put on Twitter was one that I noted too. Like it was late, but also like, that was pretty nice. Like, all right, that's something uh, I've really liked his defense. Like he has, and not in terms of being awesome or anything like he has a lot to figure out. And like you, you can see watching him like very clearly a guy who has been a wing slash forward for most of his career and is trying to find out how to play as a big because he's playing small ball five for them. And I shouldn't even say small. He's not small. Um, but in terms of like, you know, actual like frame, he's small for sure. But he doesn't really know how to play drop. He's trying his best. But the perimeter defense from him is like he had some flashes in the Arizona game as a perimeter defender where I was like, OK, this is like awesome. Like This is very good. Like he gets up into people, um, uses his length extremely well. His footwork isn't even that good, but he's solid enough with it, using his length to just, just to stay in front of somebody. Uh, so there's there's real framework there for something that I like. Obviously, I don't think he's a this year guy, um, but I, I'm interested to watch him more moving forward because he's a very fun player. Yeah, no, I mean, I basically echo all the same thought, thoughts as you. I will point out two things. Um, his feel is just, like, pretty bad on both ends and just the processing. Like, that pass was, like, very late. Um, yeah, he was able yeah, to make it, but, like, that was very late. I'm like, all right, dude, like, make the pass, make the pass, and then he finally kicks it out. Um, and that's, like, been a thing multiple times on both ends. Um, so that – and then the other thing, once you noted the rebounding thing, I had – Started to pay a little bit more attention, and he's getting pushed around a little bit um, by true. Oh, yeah, he got body on, on the, in the boards. Arizona game. Yep, in the Arizona game especially, um, he was getting body on the boards multiple times. So something to keep note. Um, I agree with you. I don't. I'm not sure he's a this year guy. Um, and if he is, I'd probably be more comfortable taking like a flyer in the second on his tools and just trust that it's like a weird development curve because he is, as you mentioned, adjusting roles from this wing who is attempting to be creator into. Uh, small ball five slash versatile four. But I mean, I'll echo the same thing I said um, in the first part we talked about him. Less is more, I promise you. Uh, the more you play within yourself, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's uh, just going to be interesting to track him as the year goes on. Uh, last thing I do want to say too on Arizona, uh, Benedict Matherin, his, uh, his rebounding is one of my favorite skills in the draft right now. Like, as much as we like, and I, I didn't mean to come off as like, and neither of us did in terms of being entirely harsh, but like there are very real limitations that I think we got to point out, but the, the rebounding from him is legit. Like I think he's averaging six boards a game right now. I averaged like around five last year, but he's very good at tracking the ball on both ends. And I think that just, especially for, for a player who is going to get a lot of his offense, at least presumptively through doing things on the break, um, I've liked that a lot. It's been interesting. Uh, so another thing to kind of track moving forward. Um, is there anything or anyone else that you want to hit on before we get out of here? Not really. Um, that was kind of everything, everyone we had on the docket. Um, I'm excited to dive into some more people in the next coming, in the next week, week or two. Um, I feel like I've been rewatching a lot of the same guys, which is good because now I have like a real feel. I have like three to two to anywhere from two to four games on your belt for some like top guys, but I'm excited to dive into some maybe fringier guys or just people we haven't gotten to in a while. We haven't got to Kentucky in a while. So maybe circling back to them, but yeah, that's all I got for this week. Yeah. And I mean, we got big games coming up too. Uh, Michigan state and Louisville play tonight, which is not exactly huge, but another good test for Max Christie. Um, Christie. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we, we like, I don't know. It's been good seeing some of the games are coming up. Like Iowa and Purdue play in two days. Uh, 
University of Toledo plays Michigan State on the fourth. Ryan Rollins, uh, please go go buy your stock now. You should. Uh, Jake, this has been a blast, man. I appreciate you. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you have not already, please be sure to go rate and review Tag the Roll. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tag the Roll. Follow Jake at Jake in the Paint and me at M. Schindler MBA. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day. And thank you for listening.